Springbrook Autism Behavioral Health is excited to announce the return of the National Converge Autism Summit to Greenville, South Carolina, April 28th and 29th, 2022. Scheduled to return to this year's conference is featured keynote speaker, Dr. Temple Grandin, a pioneer in the field of autism. Also scheduled to appear will be Ron Suskind, Pulitzer Prize winning author, journalist, and filmmaker. The two-day Autism Summit is attended by professionals, teachers, parents, and caregivers who get a chance to meet and discuss educational, therapeutic, social, and psychological topics related to autism. For more information about the summit, visit ConvergeAutism.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at SpringbrookBHS. The 2022 National Converge Autism Summit in Greensville, South Carolina. Tickets are on sale now. Welcome to the Autism Dead Podcast. I'm Rob Gorski, and I have a fantastic show for you guys today. So thank you for taking the time to tune in. I really appreciate it. Uh, season five is all about empowering parents and helping them to better navigate situations with their autistic kids. And my guest today is Mitch Lepicello, and he's a clinical social worker who specializes in working with autistic kids and their families. He's been doing it for a very, very long time. And he's created a program called the Calm Compass, and he's here to talk about that. Basically, the Calm Compass is like an online resource that can help you manage situations that pop up in your everyday life. You can learn new parenting skills, and there's a lot of insight and kind of outside the box solutions to problems that we deal with every day. I've been a parent for 22 years. I've raised three autistic kids. I'm still raising three autistic kids. And a lot of these things were not available to me when I first started out. So it's important to me that I make you aware of the resources that are available to you. So without further ado, I wanna take a second and just say thank you to Mitch for coming on the show. And if you wouldn't mind, could you take a second, and just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and experience? Hi, Rob. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Um, I, again, my name is Mitch Lepicello, and I'm a clinical social worker here in Minnesota. And I see kids and, and families um, with autism spectrum disorder and Asperger syndrome in my practice. And I've been doing that for almost uh, 30 years, maybe over 30 years. I, I lose track. So <laughs> it's it's been a, it's been a lot of fun. Um, getting to know so many great people um, in this work, and I've just really enjoyed it. So, yeah, that's that's what I do. What, uh, just kind of, because I'm curious, what sort of drew you to that line of work and working with uh, people in the autism community? Yeah, um, you know, it's a it's a question I I get sometimes, and I love telling the story that uh, I I was with some. Um, colleagues and they said, you know, one of, one of their, and we were doing like a clinical consultation. So um, clinicians get together and talk about their clients to sort of try and solve and get, and get help solving some challenging situations. And this, and one of my colleagues said, you know, that my client has Asperger's syndrome. And I said, what's that? I literally said, what's Asperger's syndrome? And this was in the early nineties. And, you know, I think she looked at me and said, you know, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. And we all kind of looked at each other and went, we don't, we don't know what this is. Is this, is this in the DSM? We, we should know this. <laughs> we should absolutely know this. And I think I was just attracted to the fact that I didn't know anything about it. And um, I wanted to learn more about it. And, and it just kind of hit me like a lightning bolt, I guess. Like, I got to find out what this is. And, and, then, and then I started to find out what this was and the and the challenges people have around this and how it was really misunderstood and it became kind of like a, a bit of a passion for me to find out why is it so misunderstood why 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 so um that that was really when it started yeah in fact even before that rob i was in a clinical program and our clinical instructor where i graduated said is anybody here going to work with kids with autism and our, the students, you know, our, the clinical students looked around, the clinical social students looked around and said, well, 
no, we're not really going to work. Kids with autism don't do therapy and stuff. They're probably in a place and they, you know, we had all these horrible stereotypes, right? Uh, most of which were false, right? So, and and we're like, no, no, no. And she said, okay, well, let's move on. <laughs> and I'll never forget that moment either. So it's those two combined moments that just make me like floored today. As we're talking about it, it all comes back like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. Right? Like, that's really crazy. Because like, I remember my oldest is 22. He was diagnosed in 2005. So he was, he was about five or six years old, I think ish. Okay. But in that area, and this is back in 2005 and it was still something like one in 25,000 or something was the, the number. And when we heard autism, it was like a death sentence is what kind of the impression that you got when, when you heard that. And so then you go into this panic, like, oh my God, like, what are we going to do? And the only reference, and I was just talking about this on someone's podcast yesterday, the day before, the only reference we had was Rain Man, right. really. <laughs> and, and so you have exactly. this idea yes. in your head about what's going to be, you know, what your kid's going to be going through forever. And, uh, it's, it's usually wholly not accurate. And, uh, and we've moved to a place now just in the last 20 years where it's now one in uh, what is one, it, in, one in well, forty-four the, now. Or one in forty-four is the newest number that I got this past week or so. Yeah, right. Yeah. In fact, I use. I mean, that happens so often, Rob. I mean, that's what is, you know, classic parent in my office look is. You know, it, it's as. You know, do you know what autism spectrum disorder is? And um, have you heard of this or Asperger's syndrome? Um, no, might be a response. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've heard of it and I've kind of wondered about it or, you know, no, no, we've had them tested. It's not that. Okay. <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay. You know, and it, it, because my son or daughter isn't like rain man. And now right. we're able to provide other, you know, again, it's interesting. You know, I try to use real people who I've identified like, like Elon Musk, who just came on, you know, Saturday Night Live and said, I have Asperger's. And we we're like, yep. Right. I Thanks, that. Elon. We kind of figured that out, but we we're really glad that you came out and, and uh, confirmed and affirmed that, that that's a thing and that, you know, you're a smart, bright guy. And and he normalizes it. Right. Right. So it's not that death sentence. And, and, it, and it makes exactly. it socially acceptable, yeah. which, which it should be. Yeah. I know uh, I was just talking on that same podcast the other day. Uh, like all three of my kids have been diagnosed, right. but all three of them are very different. And I missed the diagnosis with my middle child because he presented yep, like yep. in my air quotes, quote unquote, like normal, which is, which is, I don't like using that word, but like he presented very typically compared to what his brothers were at the time. And so like, I thought autism was what my oldest was experiencing. And I learned that autism was what my youngest was experiencing, but my, my middle child was very different. And so I just was like, Oh, okay. So he isn't, but then you get him around peers, like in kindergarten and you get to observe him, uh, interacting with other students and other, other people, his own age. And that's when it like, that's when I recognized some of the subtle differences and some of the unique challenges and, um, right, right, right. My child doesn't have Asperger's because they, they can play varsity hockey. And I'm like, fantastic. And then after the game, they must have, you know, in the locker room, there must be a lot of, you know, great stuff going on, a lot of social connections going on. Yeah, no, not so much. Oh, 
oh, okay. <laughs> you know, so it. I, I've gotten, your kids are so smart. How can they be autistic? Like, holy cow. Like the, the level of ignorance that exists in society when it comes to things like this at this point in time is really, I mean, it's sad, but it's really sad because it's so prevalent. I mean, you, you have uh, like the good doctor, you have atypical, like all these shows that uh, present autism in a, I think a more relatable way. I just had um, Major Dodson on the show this past week. He stars in okay. the new movie Tyson's Run, where he plays an autistic kid, but he's he's actually autistic himself. He's on the spectrum, and so you know it's it's just a cool, you know, it's a cool thing to see that kind of representation, and and it's nice to see autistic people being able to play autistic people on TV. Um, I have kind of a I have kind of a a line that I use with parents when when they say, "So how do we help this?" and I say. From understanding to action, the more we understand ASD, the better our actions to help them in their challenging situations. And I use literally, you know, videos from movies and film and whether it's real life or portrayals of, you know, from Temple Grandin's movie to Little Man Tate, where where it may not be explicitly ASD, but it's like, oh, yeah, you know, just varying kinds of to, to bring out the 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 it's not just the neurodiversity yeah the neurodiversity it's not just your situation for with my younger kids you know i i even have uh the disney um oh flubber so i use flubber as like you know look at this guy who's making kind of social mistakes and very involved in his thing and look at he misses things you know not because he's a bad guy but because this is how his brain works you know different kind of elements different pieces to help them sort of see it. It's such an abstract concept for a lot of kids. Um, so the more, hopefully the more that they can see that. Yeah. So you created something called Calm Compass. I wanted to talk about that because I am so into helping empower parents to better manage situations at home, right? To help their kids, empowering parents to help their kids, I think is, it's one of the tools that I lacked when I first started out because you were just right. kind of on your own, you know, like you really didn't have that support system in place and empowering parents, I think is, uh, is so important. So can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing? Absolutely. Yeah. So the calm compass was, was made exactly for parents to help empower parents to put, to put tools in, in the hands of, of those who need it the most. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, if you're, if you're a parent and you bring your child to this therapy and this therapy and this therapy and this therapy, well, your job has become, you know, uh, Uber taxi driver delivery of things. And then, and then they come home and, and live with you. And, you know, a lot of parents were saying to me, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do when they come home. And I mean, I'm bringing them to all these therapies. Why aren't they getting better? And so the, you know, versions of that were, were, Mitch, here's my, here's my child to, for you to work with them for the therapy hour or, you know, an OT for this time and, and so on. And then I got calls from parents saying, what can I do? What else can we do to help our child? And the Calm Compass is, is really geared towards what you guys as parents can do to help your kids at home. And so it's a, it's a compass both uh, metaphorically and and in the way to kind of help guide so you can go in any of these four directions. So CALM stands for connect, articulate, lift, and move. 
And each one of those directions has three parenting strategies associated with, um, with that direction. So, for example, in the calm, um, in, in connect, it's relate, respond, and regulate. And so in each one of these directions, there are, there are strategies. And in my course, I have videos that help people understand what, you know, what is it to, to help your child regulate? to help them get calm and get control. What are great ways to respond to your child when they're in a stuck moment, they're having kind of a sticky brain syndrome sort of situation or moment. Um, you know, how, how can we, how can you help them at home um, without calling like, oh, we got to get in you, we, we got to get you in to see a therapist for this. Well, it's nine o'clock at night and it's time to go to bed. <laughs> but, you know, what are some things you can do at home? So, so much on the empowering part. So it's kind of like, um, kind of like not running to the emergency room for every little tiny thing. Anytime you can manage a situation at home successfully is a positive thing. I mean, nobody likes to drive right. the autistic kid out to anywhere they don't have to. Right, right. So let's say that, let's say the complaint is, you know, you know, he's hitting um, his sister and that's not allowed. And, you know, sort of like what the rule is and like, yep, I, I'm, I think everybody gets the rule that hitting is not okay. What can we do to help that child um, besides punishment. So punishment has typically been kind of a first response, you know, mm -hmm. stop and then punish for a bad behavior. And, you know, kids in everything, in best practices for kids with ASD, punishment just does not work because it's not personality based. It's right. neurologically based. So we need to find new habits and new strategies that are not punishing, uh, demeaning. In fact, punishing, in my experience, makes more mental health problems for that child than other more effective strategies. I mean, it can actually, I think, make things worse because they're so sensitive to their wrongdoing that they can regress and become more depressed and more anxious and feel worse about themselves than they did, you know, before, which was already pretty low. Yeah, I totally relate to that. And I was just thinking about this when you, when yeah, you said that. Yeah. My uh, my oldest is 22, and he's he's more profoundly impacted than his brothers. He's made a lot of progress over the years to where now he's we're working on. Uh, he's he wants to move out and live in like a, a group home with some peers and uh, things like that, which is amazing. But one of the things that that he does is when he makes a mistake, and I just just talked to him about this yesterday. Um, when he makes a mistake or he does something that he has to be corrected, he's not upset that he has to be corrected. He's upset that he made the mistake and he can't seem to let that go. And then he just perseverates right. and then he starts beating himself up, sometimes physically, sometimes metaphorically. Right, right. And it just escalates for him. For him specifically, he is so hypercritical of himself. He expects perfection from himself. He doesn't expect it from anybody else but he expects perfection from himself. And if he makes what he perceives as a mistake, it's, it's a real slippery downward slope to where we end up, we can end up with, you know, meltdown because he's so overwhelmed or so overstimulated, or, um, he just gets so upset that he just has to purge, you know, and all because it was just right. a simple, innocent mistake and, yep. and punishing him for those things is counterproductive. It's totally counterproductive. Because it's, yes. it's the way he's wired. It's the way that he, right. the way that he reacts. But what I, what I do try to do is help him find better ways or more appropriate, safer, more, um, uh, healthier ways to manage his anxieties, his frustration and his stress. 
I never punish right. my kids for things that are outside of their control. But if there's a if there's a way that they can do the same thing in, in a in a less violent or less aggressive or less destructive uh, way, I, I try to show them that way. And then we work on ways of avoiding these situations or, you know, what could we have done differently or what were you feeling in that moment? And when you feel this way, what are some things that you can do? Like rather than hold him, go ahead. So Rob, let's go in the, in the, in the direction of move. Okay. So that's the yeah. M. So let's, let's go into the calm, calm direction of move and in move, you will find rehearse, repair, redo and recreate. Well, this, this, you know, your son's mistake is something that we can repair, not reprimand. So right. let's repair these mistakes, not reprimand these mistakes. And then we come up with, and I have um, in repair, you know, three strategies to, you know, which, which includes, but is not mandatory. It, it, it includes acknowledging the problem um, with an apology, but the apology isn't kind of the most important thing. It's a social skill but it's not mandatory. What's mandatory is acknowledging and then a plan to move forward. And what we want to do is help these kids move forward, not get stuck in the bad thing that they did. Because that just, as you, as you say, they're, they're already predisposed to fixate and hyper criticize themselves and just get down on themselves worse and worse and worse. And now you've got like, well, wait, I, Okay, we got to deal with your thoughts of now um, that life's not worth living, and you have to apologize to your sister. Which one should we do? You know, like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, how did we go there? You know, like let's acknowledge that. Hey, buddy, your sister made something cool out of Legos. I said it's time to clean up. You started cleaning up her Lego thing, but I didn't tell you I was going to take a picture of it first. Shoot, how do we fix this? How do we repair this? And Yep. And your sister's sad. So what's the social skill when we, you know, do something that, you know, might hurt someone else's feelings. We say, I'm sorry. And then we fix mm -hmm. the mistake uh, yeah. or, or something like that. You know. So um, yeah, absolutely. You know, we want to help them fix those challenges. Um, one of my, one of my favorite directions is actually lift um, because it's, it's inspiring and motivating. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think kids with ASD do not get enough positive experience, positive moments, you know, in their life. I think they spend a lot of time going inside their head, going to a video game, not for enjoyment, but for avoidance. They're trying to avoid their social environment. I mean, I, I don't have any research on this. This is just basically what Mitch thinks <laughs> based on my experience with kids. But, you know, it's a, it's like if they don't see anything on their schedule of what they're going to do today, they just like, all right, I'm going to go play a video game because that's where I can kind of avoid the stimulation of maybe my house, my siblings, my yep. whatever I need to do, my homework, all these sort of outside expectations that get overwhelming and I'm just going to go somewhere. Um, before video games, kids still avoided challenging situations. I mean, kids had ASD before video games, right? So. Mm -hmm. What did they do? They hold themselves out. They they isolated just like they do now. Now we just call it electronic screens and video games. But right. So helping kids kind of like lift them up and and get them into a different situation. Yeah. Sorry. 
Autistic kids can sometimes struggle to learn new skills such as riding a bike, reading, or simply having a conversation to a high level of proficiency and automaticity. Brainiac is a brain enhancement program that gets to the root of the problem. It builds stronger brain and body connections that elevate learning capacity within four to six months. Brainiac cross-trains motor movement, visual, auditory, and cognitive thinking connections using fun, interactive video games. Strength and connections allow kids to learn new skills and perform them automatically with more confidence and greater independence. Brainiac is for homes and schools. Visit canoe.com, that's K-I-N-U-U.com, and be sure to use the code THEAUTISMDAT at checkout to save $500. It's a limited time offer, and it will expire on May 31st. I've seen a lot of kids, like, like uh, some are into, like, comic books, or some are into National Geographic magazines or something like that. They can lose themselves in anything that they do, and it's almost like uh, I've, I've sort of begun to look at it over the years as, like, self-preservation for them. You know, because it's it's like a shield that keeps the outside world away and it works for them. But it, there's also kind of a um, it comes at a cost, right? Because then they're they're missing out on some of the experiences that help them to grow. Uh, so when you're talking about lifting these kids up, what are what are some examples of ways that you can do that? Right. You know, providing opportunity for them to to learn a new skill, a, a motivator, an incentive, um, an encouragement. Um, so the three areas, the three strategies in LIFT are redirect, reassure, and reinforce. So redirecting them from a, a an isolating activity that might be asocial to something more social or more inviting, something that um, you, we can help them kind of get out of a stuck spot by trying this. So instead of, you know, lamenting on, you can't do that, you can't do that, you can't do that too. This is what you can do. These are some things you can do. Providing other kinds of things they can do in their moment, in their challenging situation. Um, so redirection is a great um, lift strategy. Reassure. They only get reassurance. And, and I believe, and you, you as a parent can maybe, you know, say say more about this, but I think kids can't reassure themselves because they're they're kind of wondering, is is what I'm doing okay right now? Is what I'm doing in the moment okay? I, I don't even know if what I'm doing is this fine what I'm saying, how I'm thinking? I don't even know. You know, I mean I I've heard kids tell me that I don't know what people want from me, I don't know what's expected of me. So reassurance is you're on the right path. You know, you're doing what's expected. And that kind of external guidance helps them feel better about themselves and where they're going. But tell me what, as a parent, you know, do you find your kids kind of in that lost space sometimes? Yeah. The negativity, you know? Yeah. And there's times that I have to point out, especially, and this is, especially with my oldest, I have to remind him that it isn't that big of a deal. Like it's okay. You know, you can, we can learn from this. And, and I remind him that, you know, did you, I don't know. Did you have a meltdown or did you get upset and frustrated? Sure. But look at what you didn't do. Right. Instead right. of, instead right. of hitting the wall or throwing yourself across the room, like you are calming yourself down. You're taking deep breaths. You're, you're asking to go to your room so you can listen to your music and calm down. I mean, those are all huge things, right. man. Like, and, and, <laughs> and I really like to focus on those positives to help him to help him maintain perspective, which I think is tough for him to do sometimes R- reminding him how far he's come and that everyone is allowed to make mistakes. Everybody's allowed to have a bad moment or two moments or five moments, whatever. 
but we just, we just get back up and we keep moving and we learn from it. And we remember that, you know, we're not defined by our mistakes. And some of that's a little bit complex, I think for him, but like I, I try to, to do it in a way that works. No, that's actually in the direction of articulate that you just named a couple of strategies, Rob, in the direction of articulate, like reflect and review. Let me show you what you've done in this situation before. All these strategies aren't new to the world. They're just more intentional. They're more direct. So hopefully, you know, like you just named a, a bunch of different strategies that are excellent in those situations. Um, you know, even moving off to to rehearse some of these strategies. So instead of like, what was the barrier that got in the way of you, you know, getting ready for school this morning? Let's rehearse getting ready for school this morning. So how does this work? So parents, they go to your website, right? Yep. Thecalmcompass.com. Okay. And so like, how accessible is it for parents? Is it, is it something that they can, um, is there kind of a learning curve to it or is it? It's a learning management system. And so I introduce, um, the course with videos and I talk about each of the strategies with in, in videos. There's um, so it's an online learning management system course. So you can print out things you want to work on. There are exercises for parents to work on with themselves, with their children, um, you know, providing a vision, like what do you want to see different um, with your child? How do you want to be different with your child as a parent? These are non-traditional parenting strategies. So it, it's a little outside the box. I think this is what parents are asking for and and have found a lot of success trying this. So um, what they can do then is and they have, they have the course. It's theirs. Um, they can also interact with me on the course. So if they have a question about something, they can type it in and say, you know, Mitch, can we use... Um, a social story, a video or uh, work uh, worksheet or, or exercise on this particular subject. I'll get that through the learning management system. So any parent anywhere in the world can use the Calm Compass and say, you know what, I need, well, I would really love a video on this. What do you do for kids with visual um, who are challenged by transitions in their in their schedule? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, let me put a, let me ask you maybe a couple of questions and then let's, let me put a video together. Let me make a worksheet for that. It's so much better than a workbook that is um, paper because as soon as it's printed, it's kind of like, oh, I wish I would have done that. I wish I would have done that. So I can kind of continually edit the Calm Compass and add things and people will, will be able to get it. So it's kind of neat that way. So then parents can make suggestions or parents can say, hey, you know, how can I apply this in my life? And you can help them find a way to apply what the lesson is to their situation. Yes. Yes. Okay. You know, the boundary of, yes, it's, it's more supportive um, and, and yeah. psychoeducational versus psychotherapeutic. So um, if, if the questions become more involved, I might ask them to take it offline with me and we can communicate about how to get help wherever they are, wherever they're, you know, in whichever state they're located. Um, and I can help people um, that way. But just in terms of, Mitch, you know what you need a video of? You need a video of this. All right, let's do that. Let's make one. Or, you know what I need to work on? Or I need some more guidance on is this part of move and recreate. You know, my kid's got to fear bugs. You know, what do I do about recreate? Um, okay, yeah, it doesn't have to be outdoors. Um, it can be indoors. <laughs> yeah. What has the response been so far from parents? Are they, are they, finding, are they finding this beneficial and, and helpful? Those who have responded have um, said positive things about it. They like that they can communicate with me about it. They like that they can watch the videos. Okay. Um, they are showing the videos to 
um, their spouses, um, and, and people can kind of do it whenever they want because it's really, you know, they can, after they put the kids to bed, they can watch a two and a half, three minute video. Nothing is super long and, you know, kind of drawn out. So they get a couple of quick videos on different kinds of things. Um, and that's really accessible. So there, well, that, that's really good because, um, the, the short digestible, informative little snippets of information, I think tend to get filed away better than right. watching like yeah. a 20 minute yeah. something. Uh, I think that's probably why like TikTok is so successful because they give you those just those <laughs> things and just right? small yes. spurts. Uh, yeah. So is there an app that parents can download or is this based on like a web-based? So it's web-based, best okay. to use on a laptop or an iPad probably as opposed to an iPhone. Um, but you want to go to um, thecalmcompass.com and then they just sign up for courses. And it says the Calm Compass and you click on the courses and sign up. All right. So I will have all of that information in the show notes. I'm telling you what, it's been one of those days. Uh <laughs> I will have all that information in show notes. You guys don't have to remember, you know, where to go. You can just click on the link and uh, it's the calmcompass.com and you can find all the information that you need there. You can sign up for the courses uh, that are applicable to your life, find more information. And if they wanted to reach out directly to you, can they do that through the website? Absolutely. They, they okay. can send me an email or call me. I have contact information on my website. Very cool. Well, is there anything before we go, is there anything that you wanted parents to know or, or listeners to, I don't know, like a takeaway? Well, feel free to reach out. I mean, I just want parents to feel free to reach out. And I, I hope this really gets to, even though ASD is just a, a wide range of challenges and situations and, and brains out there, um, that this can speak to some of the challenges that they've been having and, and hopefully remedy some of their, some of their stress and just enjoy parenting your child you know, with ASD, just enjoy that. And that's kind of, that's yeah. the side goal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? I like that. Just that's really good. That. <laughs> yeah. So again, it's the calmcompass.com links will be in the show notes below. Mitch said you can reach out to him through the website. If you have questions or uh, whatever, you can sign up for the courses uh, if that's something that you're interested in doing. And uh, yeah, so I really appreciate your time and the fact that you're doing this because I, like I said at the start, I really, really like empowering parents to, to better navigate things on their own. Uh, yeah. I think it's more tools, don't they? Yeah. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So keep them coming. I really appreciate it. And well, thanks uh, Rob. Thanks for having welcome. me. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you for being here. And what is it? Wednesday, Wednesday, it's Wednesday. Wednesday. Yep. Yep. I remember it took me a minute. Uh, have a great rest of your week. <laughs> You know, since COVID, okay, like thanks, everything well. just sort of slurs together <laughs> and, uh, I, I lose track of like what day is what or whatever, but it's Wednesday. I know that and have a great rest of your week. Enjoy your weekend and, uh, we'll be in touch. Sounds good, Rob. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Before I close things out, I just want to say thank you to Mitch for taking the time to come on the show and talking to us about the Calm Compass. Uh, I really appreciate the work that you're doing in the community and a big fan of empowering parents. So it's a good fit. Uh, keep up the good work. And if you guys are looking for more information about Mitch or the Calm Compass, you can find them at thecalmcompass.com. The links will be in the show notes below. As always, you can find me at theautismdad.com. All my social links are at the top of the page. You can subscribe to this podcast and any one of your favorite podcast listening apps. Please just hit that subscribe button. I'd really appreciate it. And if you can rate it too, that would be super helpful. I really appreciate that as well. Um, outside of that, I hope you guys have a fantastic week and I will talk to you on Monday. Thanks. Bye. 
Tracto is a free app that's all about empowering parents to better understand and meet the unique needs of their kids with autism, ADHD, or anxiety. Tracto does this by easily allowing for the collaborative tracking of behaviors over time. Parents can invite teachers or anyone else they want to help track or document behavioral changes in their child. Being able to document behaviors in real time prevents having to pull from memory later on, making it an accurate, more reliable source of information. Tracking things like sleep patterns, medication-related behavioral changes, behaviors in the classroom, or anything else that parents of these amazing kiddos need to keep an eye on can be challenging. Simply put, Tracto makes it easy. Tracto is completely free to use. They do offer affordable online courses taught by leading experts. If you're interested in learning some new parenting skills, gaining more knowledge about things like ADHD and anxiety and all those little parenting things in between, you can find more information at tracto.app. That's T-R-A-C-T-O dot app. Between now and the end of March, the first 50 parents to use the code theautismdad will receive 50% off of any of the online courses they sign up for. So visit tracto.app today.